0: In every 10 years or so, more and more jobs will become irrelevant. We'll need to constantly reinvent ourselves. How good you are at maths will be far less important than how smartly you can use data. Hello and welcome to the 20s show. Today we're going to talk about a topic I'm head-to-do fascinated with. We'll talk about your evolution and my evolution, the evolution of homo sapiens, and most importantly where our species is headed in the future. Is it the end of Homo sapiens? Are we going to evolve into a new species? What makes our species so different that we dominate all other species on earth? What is the role of stories of God and fiction? Will humans continue to dominate or will machines have the authority? Can humans be hacked? Are we already machines? We'll discuss all these questions and many more. So put on your earphones, hit the back seat, and tighten your seat belts as I take you into a journey of Homo Sapiens. Two, five, seven. You are the last of the generations of Homo Sapiens. What this guy means is, in a century or maximum two, we will be replaced by a very different kind of beings or entities. And I believe this guy. The difference gap between us and the people who will replace us will be much more than the difference gap between. Homo sapiens and chimpanzees. From once being a species that was as insignificant as a jellyfish, how did we become the most significant and powerful species on Earth? What makes us different? Let's say it guys, it's our language and our ability to imagine. With our ability to communicate extensively, we were able to gather in large numbers and survive together. And with our ability to tell stories, imagine, and believe in fiction, we were able to make stories about heaven and hell, God, government, laws, and even money. And these stories essentially help us live together. All of these fiction are valuable today only because everyone started believing in them. Otherwise, it has no real value of its own. Yes, fictions give a lot of meaning to our world. Without fiction, we cannot live in the same world. We cannot enjoy football unless we all accept the same made-up rules. For the most stages of evolution, humans majorly believed in God. So much that everything was an act of God. Thunder, rain and even pandemics were an act of God. Yes, pandemics have been wiping out major chunks of human population within every few decades. It was the period of the theists. The authority was held above the clouds in the hands of God. Then, as humans in the 18th and 19th century started to understand theories of evolution and started to see the world through the lens of science, their beliefs, our beliefs in God started to decline. This marked the beginning of a new period, a period of humanism. This period brought down the authority from above the clouds into our hands. Humanism said that we are the main source of everything. We currently live in this period of humanism. Most of you listening to this are humanists. Humanism says that whenever you have a problem, don't look for answers in the God or a brick brother. Look for it within yourself, in your feelings, emotions and free choices. When you face a dilemma, follow your heart and do what feels good. That we have a free will that our feelings, emotions and our body is God. That we create our own reality. But now, humanism is facing a deadly threat. The beginning of the age of dataism. Welcome to the age of dataism where humans are nothing but algorithms. In fact, all organisms are simply algorithms. Dataism says that there is no free will. In fact, scientists say that free will is just another empty term, an imaginary fiction that humans have created, just like they created God. They have created heaven and hell. They say there is no more truth in free will than there is truth in heaven and hell. Dr. Yuval Noah Harari says, and I quote him, if you believe in free will, you are not curious enough. Think of it this way. We think that we choose what we want to do, but we don't get to choose what we want. I can feel you, understanding this blew my mind too. But what about our emotions? They cannot be fiction, I know they are real, right? Right. Emotions and feelings are real, but they are not the highest authority. They are merely biochemical algorithms. Feelings are there to help us make good decisions when we face problems of survival and reproduction. Let's understand it with the help of an example. Let's say you are a baboon or a monkey in African jungles. And you face a typical problem of survival. In order to survive, you have to eat and protect yourself. And as you are walking around the jungles, you suddenly see a tree with bananas on it but you also see a lion not far from the tree. Now you have to make a decision whether to risk your life for the bananas or not. This is really a question of calculating probability that I would starve to death if I do not eat the bananas versus the probability that the lion will eat me if I try to reach the bananas. I need to know which probability is higher in order to make the decision. Now. To make the decision and calculate the probability, I need to have the data. I need to know how far is the banana? How many are the bananas? How big or small is the banana? Is it ripe or is it green? It's one situation if there are 10 bananas while it's a different situation when there are just two small bananas. Then I need to know the data about the lion. How far is the lion from the tree? How fast do I think is the lion? Is the lion sleeping or awake? What is the direction of the lion? Does he look hungry or satiated? And all other data about lion. And then I need to know the data about myself. How hungry am I? How fast can I run? And so forth. Now, once the data is collected, we need to calculate the probability very, very fast. But how does the baboon do it? You don't take out a pen and paper or calculator to start calculating the probabilities, no, the entire baboon's body is a calculator. It takes data from his senses, his sight, his smell, his taste, and also from within the body, and then the nervous system and the brain are the calculator that within a split second calculates the probability. Once the probability is calculated, the answer doesn't appear as a number, but rather it appears as a feeling or an emotion. If the calculations say that I should go and take the banana, I'll feel courageous. My chest will puff up and I'll run to get the banana. However, if the result of the calculation is too dangerous, it will result in the feelings of fear and that will make you run away from there. So what we call feelings and emotions today are really biochemical calculations according to life sciences that are there to calculate probabilities. Until now we've talked about our recent past to our present. Now is where things start to get twisted. Until now we humans were unhackable. We were unhackable because nobody knew what was going inside our minds and body. But now we are hackable. Today scientists and engineers are looking for more and more data to make algorithms that essentially will be able to understand us better than we understand ourselves. This shifts our authority from humans to algorithms. Facebook, Amazon and Google have already started to understand you and soon will understand you better than you understand yourself. Because they will have the data, your data, biological knowledge and computing technology to determine why you feel and what you feel. In the age of humanism, it was wise to rely on feelings than on God. Because throughout the stages of evolution, Whenever we have faced threat of life or death situations, our feelings have helped us to survive. But in the age of dataism, our feelings may no longer be the decision makers. Our decision making will rely more and more on the data through external algorithms that understand us better. After all, the quality and quantity of the data that we have determines the quality of our decision. We now understand that we collect data through our own senses of smell, taste, hearing, and sight. But by reaching out to Google and collecting additional data from the internet, we will likely be able to make better decisions from the combined data. With more data, we can make better decisions about almost everything. Until recently, we used to decide our career and future prospects by collecting data from people we knew our friends, relatives, teachers, parents, etc. But that's very less data compared to the data that we can have today. For the same reason, previous generations were more likely to make poor career decisions. This means that we technically have limitless data, which can dramatically increase our odds of good decision making. Let's talk about how humans are leveraging machines for their immortality project. Through a process called DNA sequencing or genome sequencing, we can now find our own DNA code and then determine the harmful genetic mutation codes which tell us about the diseases like cancer and heart diseases that we are susceptible of. As of today, we cannot change these mutation codes that we find out but we can know of the likely future outcomes and then take preventive measures to change our own future. Few years ago, Angelina Jolly, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, got her genetics tested and found she is highly susceptible to breast cancer. So she underwent a surgery and made certain changes in her lifestyle to prevent it from actually happening. So basically, although her feelings were saying that she's perfectly fine, the data said that there is a time bomb ticking. And so, her actions were then guided by the data, rather than on her feelings. Here's how I myself have started relying on data using algorithms that understand me better. Through my smartwatch, I started to monitor my sleep. Until then, I thought my sleep quality was all good, but the data said otherwise. So, based on the data, I started taking the necessary steps to optimize my deep sleep. I use a smart weighing scale that tells me my BMI, fat percentage, protein levels, muscle mass, water percentage, etc. and gives me an overall body score. Until I started using my smart weighing scale, I thought I drank a lot of water. But the data again disagreed. So using the data, I optimized my water levels to really healthy levels. And so I was able to individually achieve my desired numbers in all the areas. I started off with a body score of 83 and went up all the way to 100 over a period of 6 to 8 months. So, although my feelings didn't say I need to make changes, the data said that I did. And I listened to the data. These algorithms and devices have really started to earn our trusts. Think of when someone first tried Google Maps and at a point Google directed left, while the person said, "Oh, oh, screw you Google, I know it's a right. And they took a right. Only to find out that the road is damn blocked. Google Maps 1. Feeling 0. Algorithms 1. Feeling 0. The next time. Guess what would he rely more on? Similarly for Amazon. They work super hard to understand our buying patterns. So. I have a Kindle e-reader. Which basically is able to count my. Count the speed with which I read. The number of words per minute that I read. Which kind of text do I read quickly and which kind of text do I read slowly. And so it also understands that at which page I leave a book and then never come back. Based on this, it can suggest me a variety of books that of the genre that I actually like to read more and I read quickly and I read continuously. Now, this is very basic model of Amazon Kindle eReader. Kindle e- The higher versions of Kindle cost around 26, 30,000. And in those Kindle e-readers, there is a facial recognition camera. So this camera will basically be able to detect a lot in the later stages. What it will be able to do is as I read the book, it will be able to see the emotions through my face. It will be able to determine when I'm happy, when I'm excited, when I'm curious when i'm sad when i'm crying and all the other data that the other kindle readers are also able to understand now based on this data amazon will not just be able to suggest or recommend books to me but will also be able to recommend me products and as i see more and more recommendations there will be a time when i make a buying decision based on the recommendation of amazon and if i happen to love the recommendation and love the product that i ordered through the recommendation of amazon guess what i'll be my trust is earned by amazon and so i will trust their recommendation and will try more and more products and these technologies are still at a very early primitive age i can go on telling you about so many intriguing things like how and what some humans are doing to become happier and immortal In a different episode, maybe. The technology and algorithms are going to go leaps and bounds ahead and at a really fast pace. These algorithms don't need to be perfect. For us to be using them and relying more on them, they only need to be better than us. This is both frightening and amazing, right? Of course it is. And nobody can precisely predetermine how it's all gonna turn out. After all, technology is never deterministic. And just like most things, it will not be black or white. It will be subjective to different people. Nothing in itself is good or bad. It all boils down to our usage. We may not have a choice to choose our options, but we do have a choice to choose among the options. We'll have a choice to be intentional about our usage. We can make either biotechnology like smartwatches to understand ourselves and make better decisions or as just another addition to our collection of materialism. We can optimize our smartphones in a way that make us more productive or we can use it to engage in meaningless pursuits that won't take us anywhere. As per dataism, we are nothing but data. We are only as valuable as the quality and quantity of data that we put out. And this in turn depends on the quality and quantity of data that we put inside us. Yes, Robots and AI are coming to take your jobs. But it will not happen overnight. It will be a process, but I'm not sure if it'll be a slow one. In every 10 years or so, more and more jobs will become irrelevant. We'll need to constantly reinvent ourselves. How good you are at maths will be far less important than how smartly you can use data. Barbers, drivers, emerging lawyers and sales representatives, etc will be the first ones to lose their jobs and the money that these different individuals got for their own specialist role might as well go to that one person who will be able to do multiple job roles with the use of technology. One thing that's irreplaceable is creativity. And another thing that's super hard to replace is, we all know what makes us stand out of all other species right, storytelling and language, Enhanced communications, is here to stay so let's add it to our toolkit so many people will become irrelevant especially those who fail to integrate with tech and use technology to their advantage or to others advantage what will help these algorithms in hacking us is our own ignorance to understand ourselves i believe each individual needs to be more curious about their own selves their mind their bodies and understand them well to be able to Use technology even better. As I mentioned above, I am absolutely amazed by the concepts of our evolution, and I'd give major credits to Dr. Yuval Noah Harari for exposing me to the depths of evolution. He's also one of the best visionaries today, and Dr. Harari is the author of the fascinating, best selling books Homo sapiens and Homo Deus. The first book Homo sapiens talk about where humans have come from till today. And the second books talk about our journey from where we are today, to the next stage of our evolution. His books are absolutely fascinating and completely blew my mind. I'll also leave the link to order these books in the description below because you wouldn't want to miss them. I now want to throw light that, since we have recently learned about algorithms, we have correlated it with our brains and ourselves. It can later turn out that human brains aren't algorithms after all, but much, much more than that. I somehow believe that we are much more than that. As we keep evolving, we'll keep learning more about ourselves. But as of now, we are just algorithms. And here's the bright side. We are highly adaptable beings. We can tweak our own algorithms. Humans are a creature of habits, and we can change our own habits. Our habits change our behavior, which then changes our neurocircuitry and essentially we can change how our own brain functions. Plus, our entire cells regenerate every 11 months, which means we get to hit the refresh button. But here is the dark side. We are highly adaptable beings. If we do not engineer our own algorithm and take charge of it to design our own habits, somebody else will. So today you have to make a choice. Who will change your algorithm and design your life will it be you or will it be everyone else i don't know about you but i've got only one life and i've got to hack myself first before anybody else does thank you so much for listening to the podcast till the end If you'd like to listen to more episodes of The 20s Show, make sure you hit the subscribe button to get notified. And if you think I've been able to add some value, please hit the like button and share it with your friends and family. I'll catch you in the next episode of The 20s Show. Till then, stay safe and keep striving.